Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wider, and I'm here, as always, I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Today's conversation, I think, is going to be a good one. I'm excited about it. I want to welcome all the new listeners into the show. If you want to know a little bit more about who we are and why we started this podcast a couple of years ago, feel free to go back and listen with grace, of course, we ask, uh, to the first couple of episodes about the inception of the Fasting for Life lifestyle, podcast, challenges, all of that, and more importantly, hear Tommy and I's story. So yeah. uh, as we dive into today's episode, Tommy, I really want to... Uh, make sure that we have a clear action step for today as we try to make all of these conversations actionable to the point where you can listen to the episode 20, 30 minutes. You can literally take what we're talking about, go get a question answered, keep it conversational, take an action step and continue to adopt the fasting lifestyle. And today mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a fun one because we're going to expose some of the misinformation and confusion that can lead to the uh, weight epidemic, metabolic health issues, you know, that we see, you know, in, in, in our country and not just in our country, but across the world. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's crazy because the more information we have, the more we try to put it together in new and more sophisticated ways and try to, you know, kind of explain what's out there as far as what we should eat and when we should eat it and how much of it. And especially if, if, you know, like, like ourselves, you've struggled with diet, weight loss, health issues, especially across years and then potentially decades, it can be very confusing. It can start to get to a point where you're almost like you start restricting more and more and more things. And at a certain point feel like I'm, I, I really don't know what I should be eating right now. Or, or if, if there's any good way to do this, like what, what should I be eating when I sit down for my next meal? And that can be a, a very disempowering, frustrating, confusing place to be. Yeah. So we're going to talk specifically about a new tool, a newer tool, at least to us. Uh, yeah. And there's some articles out there. And uh, we'll reference a couple of those and talk about, you know, overview of what it is. And yes, we're going to talk about food today. Yes, this is a fasting podcast. Okay. <laughs> this is a the Fasting for Life podcast, right? We talk about the fasting lifestyle and how you can insert any standard diet into the fray. And it yeah. be in, in the question always at the end of the diet is either you're on it or you're off it, right? right. Or you're going to start it on Monday or you're counting your points. Right. And the problem with that yeah. is, is that it's not sustainable and it's very restrictive over the long term. And that's what we see in the research. And that's absolutely what we see in the stats of, you know, at any given time, 50 to 60% of people are trying to lose weight and only 12% of the population is metabolically healthy, which has been more important recently than ever before. 
And yeah. that only five, sometimes down to 2% of the population can lose the weight they want and maintain it for, for 12 to 24 months. Yeah. And you know, we know more, like you said, more than ever before, we have more information and more access and more people trying, but we have less results. We have more yeah, metabolic disease. We have more overweight, obese, diabetes, blood sugar, and all the other, you know, yeah. complications and comorbidities that come in between. So I love, I, I actually legitimately got excited when we saw this come through and I'm like, mm. Ooh, the food compass, I think. Yeah. I can get down on this. And it was a Tufts right. University brainchild. And it talks about a, it, it's it's something that's called a nutrient profiling system, okay? Yeah. And it looks at foods across nine domains using a unique algorithm to determine a score. And we can assign an FCS, which is a food compass score between one and a hundred with nearly any food. So from the mm. get go, I'm like, ooh, food compass. I like it. Give me a list. Check the box. Right. <laughs> simplify the process. Get me yeah. off of my fitness pal and tracking. And like, yeah. why does this matter to us? Well, why are we talking about it on a fasting podcast or a fasting lifestyle? Why are we on this journey? Well, the second most question we get other than how do I fast or how long or how should I fast is what should I eat or does it matter what I eat or how do I eat? Yeah. Do you recommend how insert how much should I eat yeah. when I break my fast? It is a dual edged sword. Yeah, 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 yeah. true. And um, it, it's it's cool because uh, apparently there's a lot of these things, a lot of these these types of tools or, you know, scoring systems and, and things like that. And so, you know, I wasn't very familiar with it. And and this one to me, it, it brought me back to years back, tracking calories, tracking macros, all that kind of stuff. And and being in between in between one diet and before I started another one going, okay, well, what kind of food should I be focused on? How do I know if what I'm eating is healthy? How do I, how do I like go about that decision-making process? Because it feels like I like there's so much conflicting information out there. Like, like we're going to talk about with the food compass, like what about red meat? What about, what about beef versus chicken? What about low fat versus low carb? What about, you know, processed versus natural foods? What if it's enriched with vitamins, all these kind of things. And again, it just kind of can bring you to like this analysis paralysis state. Yeah. And that's that the idea behind this was, you know, identifying what a healthy food truly is. So we're going to highlight a couple of them just to have fun with it. But the main idea here is like what the individuality of this journey of this sustainability piece is you know, fasting is going to be the vehicle that gets us there. It's going to inherently limit your consumption, balance your hormones, increase your energy, break the constructs of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, yeah. you know, a certain amount of food pyramid that, in our opinion, should be flipped upside down in any given percentage and the low fat, right. you know, craze that we talked about that ended up in more cholesterol and heart related issues in the, in the, in the more recent decades and all of those mm -hmm swings and misses, right? So these NPSCs, NPSs, these nutritional profiling systems exist to try to give people traction. And yeah. it's bad when, and <laughs> I think you used the, um, the descriptor, you, the, the compass is, is pointing in the wrong direction. The needle is, 
Yeah. Is, it's it's swinging way, 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 way uh, far from due north. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. it's not going to get you there. And the idea behind it is to identify those healthy foods and, you know, healthfulness involved in those foods. And it's, it's interesting because some of the things that are on here are like mind boggling in, in, in the fact that they have a healthy score, but in terms of an insulin index or a metabolic effect, they're not great. Yeah. Like just the fact that, that how do you put together, you know, uh, something like this, this NPS, this profiling system, and they're, they're looking at the fiber and the protein, the vitamins, the minerals. But when you start getting into actually how the scores were produced and, and then you start to see, okay, well, they basically, they start making decisions like sodium. Is it good or is it bad? So in this particular one, this compass points away from sodium. It gives a negative score to sodium within the food, which sodium is, you know, sodium is not to be demonized. We, we all need sodium. We're, we're, we're comprised of lots and lots of sodium. We need it. And when we're fasting, we're, we're actually not going to be getting it as often from our food. And so that that's going to be a good thing. Sometimes we need additional sodium when we're fasting, but this food compass is giving a negative score to that. And that's only one of these kind of like counterintuitive examples here. Yeah, and for clarity there too, we had this question come in recently. It was about, well, what about what's the difference between Himalayan or sea salt and like the sodium that my doc in the food that my doctor wants, the stuff that's like on the RDA labels, right? Right. Like, what's the difference? Well, that type of sodium, yeah, not great, but we we could still need it and use it and be fine. Right. It's especially when you're fasting, you need that more therapeutic Himalayan or full profile mineral trace mineral content balanced yeah. salt, which is more of like, almost like a supplement, right? Or a nutraceutical. Right. And that's actually the, you know, adding in things like Himalayan salt and those types of salt are good for you. They're gonna lower your blood pressure and and have positive in fact, uh, uh, impacts on your kidneys, your hydration level, your digestion and all that kind of stuff. So just that, just the one thing right there with sodium already opens up another rabbit hole of, but wait mm -hmm. a minute, Aunt Sally's like on this, I can't have the, you know, corned beef at St. Patty's Day right. because yeah. <laughs> it has sodium in it, right? So yep. now there are some things in here that are good. It's like they're talking about hydrogenated oils and MSGs and food additives, and they score all this stuff, right? So it's like, okay, what's mm -hmm. the point? Well, they came up with the algorithm. They came up with the scoring principles. They looked at, you know, 8,032 foods and beverages, which was pretty cool. And then they went through the validity of it. And, you know, this is all like stats, you know, I took stats 101. This is like stats 5,000 for me, right? right. So yeah. the point is not to talk about that. But if we look at some of the, the, the FCS scores, to answer that question, how should I be eating when I break my fast? Well, the first question to think about is what's sustainable for you? Not, mm. is this going to be on my point system that's going to allow me to ingest it? I'm, and I feel like I'm... Mm -hmm. Not that I've done Weight Watchers formally, but that I'm back on a point system. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, like I just want to run and like bury my head in the sand. Like thinking right. about that, like no, absolutely no thank you. So there's some positives to how they scored, but there's also a lot of, of, of misguided mis, uh, outcomes by if you were going to be using this as your guide to be like, okay, what's healthy versus non-healthy? Yeah, that's a great point that you just brought up too, because um, that that's one of those long term points of failure. I feel like for a lot of folks, and you know, when you start talking about that two to five percent that can maintain their long term weight loss, you know, over the 
one or two years plus um, going into the long-term sustainability range of it, which if, you, if you're on, if you're trying to lose the weight, what's the point of just doing it temporarily? Like you want to be able to, to hold on to do that progress, even, even through life's ups and ups and downs and, and changing seasons and, and things like that. But you want to maintain a level of control. You don't want to, you know, do that, do, do the work, make the progress and then find yourself, you know, six months, two years, five years later needing, you know, wanting to do it again. But so if, if the vehicle that you used to get there was so regimented, so black and white, you had to, you know, follow the points on and off uh, or wh whatever it may be, some sort of, you know, scoring system metric, then if, if that's not going to be close to what real life is, if it's not going to be adaptable to merge into what your real life lifestyle is going to look like, then it, it's always going to feel like, I'm either on it or I'm off of it. And when willpower or motivation goes down, then I'm, I'm off of it because it takes a lot to like mentally go through that gymnastics and you know it, you know it, what it took to do it last time and you don't really want to do it again. So it takes a long, it takes a lot of frustration to build up that, that oomph to kind of get the ball rolling again. And like that, that's not a sustainable model for you. And that, I mean, that speaks directly to the big picture. Excuse me. They looked at the, in 2016, they looked at a review of 83 studies and they assess the methods that researchers use to determine the validity of the MPSs, right? So mm. those nutritional profiling systems, and they, they looked at them to predict future health outcomes. And most of the studies were identified to be at high risk of bias, largely mm -hmm. due to a lack of gold standard with which to classify the healthfulness of a yeah. food, the, the construct validity within itself, the correlation between how the MPS ranks and the healthiness of the food in comparison to other measures was sometimes compared to another NPS out there in the market. Uh -huh, and you guys are sitting yeah, there going, what, what the heck? Well, a lot of these things, <laughs> in our opinion, drive some of the recommendations in some of these air quotes, weight loss programs or 21 day fixes, or, you know, um, this is why it's hundred and however many episodes we're at right now, millions of downloads, one point, whatever million downloads we have and listens. Yeah. It's like, well, why are we continuing the conversation? Well, because the conversation needs to be continued, because this is the stuff that people are coming across and that Tufts University mm. is funding and that the research is showing across 83 studies that a systemic review showed, well, it's not really valid and you can move the reference point to make it kind of valid and then you can move it over here. Yeah. And so we want to give you a couple of, of incidences where, you know, being a little, you know, f having fun with it. And I want to share a story with my dad about his journey of how he's reversed his diabetes and lost 60 pounds and come off 14 medications and no more insulin. But there's a really funny conversation around one of these foods we're going to highlight here. And then we'll bring it back to simplifying this again, using fasting and why it kind of, uh, renders a lot of this stuff useless, useful in perspective, but useless in action. So Tommy, I know we had a couple that we wanted to highlight. And the first one that I, I, you know, we each picked one mine that really stuck out to me uh, was the Cheerios. Mm. So if we look at General Mills Cheerios, so anything on this FCS, right, the food compass, is anything over a 70 should be consumed. Anything in the middle category should be moderation, within moderation, and everything in the, you know, 30 and under category should be uh, minimally consumed, right? So right, right. I just want to make sure that I had those numbers right. So it's greater than 70, should be encouraged, 31 to 69 should be consumed in moderation and less than 30 should be minimized, right? Yeah. 
So General Mills Cheerios, right? Heart Healthy Cheerios, by the way, that is a whole nother conversation. That little, you know, heart healthy label is paid for. It's actually yeah. not a nutritional construct. Mm. Um, so misleading, right? But General Mills Cheerios is a 95. Yeah. Now, if you are a pre-diabetic and you are starting your morning with a giant bowl of Cheerios, mm -hmm. you are then spiking your insulin on the glucose index above 70, which is considered high. Like, do not consume these foods. Like, do not yeah. pass go. Do not collect $200. So this FCS is spitting out, yeah, General Mills Cheerios based on our nine constructs and review of 83,000 studies and 8,000 foods and all of this stuff. It's a 95. Yeah, go for it. Well, anybody that's you know, been in this fasting world or lifestyle that is, you know, uh, decreasing their carbohydrates and increasing their fat and using time-restricted eating or, or fasting windows knows that starting your day with a bowl of Cheerios is not, is not a great plan. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of those things like talk about the, the low fat lifestyle, that whole movement. Right. And then that, that brought about like, like Cheerios, I, I remember growing up and Cheerios was was always the the go to, you know, the the snack or or one of the like healthy breakfast cereals. It was like, don't get the other ones because they're loaded with sugar. But the Cheerios, those those are OK. Well, turns out it only takes about 12 seconds in the body for it to to basically break down into the same exact thing and then have almost the same insulin spike. And so, yeah, like like that's a that's a very misleading problem where the the compass that I'm looking for for a true north is actually pointed somewhere towards the South Pole and, you know, like, like pushing me, you know, in the, in the opposite direction of, of where I want to go. And, and, and similarly, like another one that, that stood out to me was, was the, the vegetable juice. Cause it, this, because the, the way that the score goes ha got me, got me thinking about the way that that sodium moves and some of the counterintuitive nature of like, well, what is healthy and, and why, why is it, or isn't it? Well, like, like the the actual tomato juice or vegetable juice itself comes up as a 100 on uh, like like one of the perfect foods on here but at the same time when we look at the the insulin spikes that come along with with some of those processed like vegetable juices they're they're marketed as sometimes a a great snack or like a healthy you know way to consume vitamins but a lot of times those are added back into those foods anyway so I, I, I thought that was, that was just crazy where that comes up. So yeah, there's a main, you know, big, uh, big company out there, right. That, that everybody knows that I won't, I won't name, but there's mm -hmm. two of them. There's one that's, you know, really taking the green juice industry by storm. It comes in little bottles, right? You can get them yeah. at all the convenience stores, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, flip one of those suckers over and you got anywhere from 30 to 70 grams of carbs in a tiny little bottle. Yeah. Right. And then you've got your tomato juice, right? So we all know the brand there that <laughs> is going to be low in sodium because that's a positive, right? But then mm. the sugar content and the insulin spike associated with that is not going to be ideal. We'll put it that way. It's in liquid form. <laughs> yeah. It's got, so an eight ounce serving can have quick. anywhere. Yeah, yeah it's going to be quick, right? So when we're looking at that, there's a, I have a funny anecdote about this is when my dad started, you know, 18 months ago, he, he hopped on the fasting train and went through one of our challenges and we were just starting those back then. And mm -hmm. so he got like the, <laughs> he got like the beta test, right? Like right. he was, yeah. he was in the test group and he joined, jumped in and he started doing it. So every day we had a shared spreadsheet and he would take his numbers. He would track his numbers. He'd send me his blood sugar readings multiple times throughout the day. 
And then I would give them some guidance on, and this is when we we're still figuring out, you know, the, the lifestyle and the programs and the systems and, you know, all the stuff that we yeah. have used. And now we've taught everybody, you know, everyone that's come through the lessons to the podcast, et cetera, start adopting some of these things and, and these, these principles. And, and we we're in, I was just like, all right, well, give me the data and we'll figure it out. So I'm starting to notice and I'm like looking at the numbers and I'm like, man, something just isn't making sense. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Tell me about your day. And I just, cause I can't ask him a direct question because then I don't get a direct answer. So I was like, what are you, I'm missing something because your mid morning reading was always really high. And I'm like, you know, we, we talk about dawn phenomenon and the circadian rhythm and, and how insulin, you know, has a, has an ebb and a flow throughout the day with your cortisol sure, and yeah. circadian rhythm and whatnot and all the hormones in between. You have the 30 hormones on that cascade, right? But it's like, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Dawn phenomenon, diabetes, you're still you're like, he he lowered his medication pretty quickly, like right out the gate, came off insulin. He's off, off now like 14 medications, right? Yeah. But in the beginning, he, he was stuck. And I'm like, why are you stuck? Like, this should be working. <laughs> like, I started doubting myself. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm looking at your the numbers. Because the fasts were good. Because the fasts yeah. were good, right? He was fasts fasting. were good. Okay. He wasn't cheat like he was doing well. He his hunger was gone. He had better energy. Medications yeah. were decreasing, and I'm like, why are your darn blood sugars not changing? I'm like, this is <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. Well, come to find out that um, every morning, even though he was fasting, he would have a glass of tomato juice. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? That's not fasting. <laughs> I mean, go ahead, brush your teeth, have a flavored, you know, have a bubbly water, or, you know, right. eat a pickle spear every now and then fine. But like, so every morning you're having coffee and, and for me, coffee used to spike, spike my, uh, my, my blood sugar as well. Yeah. So now you had, was having coffee and tomato juice. I'm like, well, no kidding. So we simply cut out the tomato juice and like within the next 30 or 45 days, it was another like 15 or 20 pounds medications dropping Cravings wow. even got better. And it was just that little piece of, oh, this is fruit juice. This is tomato. This is high on the FCS score. He didn't know what the FC FCS was then, right? right? We didn't know about it until it just came across uh, you know, our, yeah. our, our purview recently. And I'm sitting there going, well, dang. I like, you were doing something you thought that was good. Yeah but it was completely undermining your progress. And that's a small little thing. So we like to talk about, you know, the paper cut and the house fire. So how do we simplify this and remove the FCS and the, and the you know, the other NPSs that are out there and insert any type of diet lifestyle, uh, diet change, right? Short term, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to it. I'm gonna be on it. I'm gonna start on Monday type mindset. And the yeah. way we do that is through keeping the main thing, the main thing is we like to say, which is through, uh, fasting and in the beginning with fasting, you know, it really doesn't matter what you eat and that's not going to land well with some people out there, but fasting is going to stack the deck in your favor where you're going to get results and you're going to feel different, which is then yeah. going to change your actions and increase the, and in, in improve the decision-making when it comes to food. Yeah. It can take some and time. Then it, yeah, it does. It happens, yeah. Hey, y'all wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. 
And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air, air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. And we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up. But it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. And you know what's crazy is like he was he was making that decision in the morning and I, I bet he went through years and years and years of going like I'm making a really good, smart, healthy yeah. choice each morning. Like, let me do tomato juice like anybody who I know who consistently drinks tomato juice will consider it a, a very healthy option. I mean, it, it sounds good. There's there's lots of vitamins involved. Mm -hmm. But when we start to look at what the actual physiological effect is. And then we start to compound that with, well, Hey, I got 50 pounds. I'm, I'm 50 pounds overweight. I have diabetes or I have blood sugar issues. The, the actually what's happening and, and what it's doing, even if we are fasting and how it stopped the scale from moving for him and, and probably a, a load of other things that, that he had to kind of work through after he removed that from his daily routine is like, is exactly why we look to things like this food compass for for answers or from for some directionality because there's so much uncertainty. Like I just walk into a grocery store and and all of a sudden I'm hit with, okay, well, I got a billion choices here. You know, how, how do I know, how do I know what's what's healthy or what's not, right? Yeah, that's a great transition. So how do what are the action steps here? Like what can you do to simplify this process, right? Well, don't yeah. go look at the food compass. If you want to, yeah. cool, have fun with it. But the insulin index of foods really matters. So people always ask, like, so what what should my plate look like? Okay, well. What, what are my macros? What should, should I do? I need to count calories. And in the beginning, the answer is probably no. Once you hit a plateau, track for a couple of weeks, you know, we, we recommend that, get some data, figure out what's going on. How you, the long-term play here is 
Fasting is going to get the weight off, which is going to help decrease the cravings and balance the hormones and regain some of that control and simplicity, simplicity for you. And then mm -hmm. as you go through the journey, depending on if you've got 20 pounds to lose and maintain or 100, you're going to hit those checkpoints along the way where then you get more repetitions around different types of foods. And if I eat the dreaded P word now, um, <laughs> I feel worse than when I was eating it more frequently because sure, now yeah. I feel the effects in the insulin load and the brain fog and the digestive changes of eating, of eating that. And it's, that's why we do uh, pizza nights at home. That's why we do them with the family. That's why we control the ingredients. That's why we've played with different recipes. Same thing with pasta, right? So yeah. we have our kid, we have kids. They're, they're, some days they're picky, some days they're not. Some days they'll eat dirt off the ground and other days they won't eat their favorite food. Right. And we, <laughs> you know, we look at food swaps and we'll talk about that in a minute. But like, yeah, we can we can slowly move into the more comfortable long-term position after we get some of these repetitions under our belt. And that's why fasting is so powerful because it stacks the deck uh, in your favor. And with the fruit juice thing, I mean, with the tomato juice, you know, some of you might say, well, I can drink tomato juice and it does nothing to my blood sugar, great. But if you're a pre-diabetic or a diabetic that's on blood sugar medication or insulin, then you're in a much more dysregulated metabolic state. Sure. So it's going to be more detrimental. So the more yeah. weight you have to lose and the longer you've been there, the more important it is to simplify it by, you know, like you said, Tommy, before we hopped on, you know, the grocery store, like where do we shop in the grocery store and how to read a label, like less is more. Yeah, less really is more because even that that fruit juice right there or the tomato juice um, example is like if if I'm if I'm taking that in every single morning, whether I'm fasting intentionally or I'm not, it's going to affect that next fast. It's going to affect my blood sugar. It's going to affect the cravings that I have during my next fast. And over time, it's going to affect the results on the scale as well. So so a, a little bit of unintentionality right there could be demotivating somewhere further along the line. So, you know, it's like, well, are, are you saying that I can never have my favorite glass of tomato juice? No, absolutely not. But it is important to know what it might be doing to the scale, to your blood sugar, and to the cravings or the likelihood of for you to stick to your next fast. Um, because again, like less is more, that's an important part of the puzzle. So specifically with the less is more, like for instance, ingredients, you know, farm to market, right? Less processing, less refining, less enriching, right? More natural, shop the outside of the store and really operate from the construct that nothing is off limits long-term. So when, when people ask like, how should I set up, what should I begin with? All right, well, first of all, start with setting your timer, sticking to your timer, opening up your eating window, being intentional during that window, and then repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, yeah, rinse, right? repeat, yeah. right? And then you're going to notice some trends. You're going to notice some cravings. You notice some energy swings, right? So it's like, all right, well, if you start from the place of a 40, 40, 20 split, carb, fat, fat, carb, and uh, excuse me, fat, protein, and carb, 40, 40, mm -hmm. 20. It's a good place to start to give you variability in your day. We did a whole episode on protein and why. We did a whole episode on losing weight too fast and does it matter? Or what's the cost benefit of getting the weight off first and then building the body composition after? Right. You know, we've we've talked through all of those different conversations. So 40, 40, 20 gives you variability. One day it might be 50 in the fat or protein category, and one day it might be 30, right? And for the most, for most people to begin with, keeping the carbs lower makes it easier to see the result 
due to the scale changes and the cravings yeah. and the heaviness and the way you feel with the insulin load. So really, if we're looking at it big picture from where we started, it's like, all right, the FCS allowed us to have a conversation around the the how did you word it, Tommy? The the compass needle being pointed towards the South Pole when we want to be going yeah. due north. Right. Right. right? We want to be going yeah. in that direction. So staying consistent with that, the fasting is the vehicle that's going to get you there. And then over the weeks to months, you're going to be able to still enjoy those foods and those special occasions and those, you know, uh, family nights and those, you know, whatever insert vacation, whatever else life event here <laughs> over time, because you're going to have, um, you're going to have the confidence and the experience to do it. So I just love the conversation that, Yes, it's a fasting lifestyle, but there's the other half of the equation of the of the misinformation and misguidance of, yeah. of and, and like you said, the paralysis by analysis can get in the way also. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really important to to understand what those two sides of the equation are. And so that you can start to actually get the reps, get the fasting reps and then start to see how you feel and how easy or difficult that fast was based on what you broke your previous fast with or what you what you ate just before you started this fast like that's going to matter and and that's going to matter for how motivated you are during the next fast how much you look forward to it and how much you enjoy the process along the way because depending on you know how many pounds you're looking to lose that's going to determine how long that 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 fat loss cycle is going to be for you uh you know along with a host of other factors but but then the the sustainability piece is is how to how to adapt this into a lifestyle like and i feel like that th there's going to be some ongoing questions there with my yeah, food choices etc yeah and that's exactly why for for the action step for today is when we started this podcast full transparency we wanted it to be conversational because you and i were having mm -hmm. conversations we've read the books we've done the research we've gone through our own journeys right? right and i was like all right where can we continue this conversation and full transparency it's been very one-sided a podcast is great uh we've had yeah. great feedback we love our our og listeners right mm -hmm. um and it's it's uh it's so thankful for all of you that, that tune in and listen and find value in the different conversations that we have around the fasting lifestyle, but yeah. it it's hard to keep up with the conversation when it's a one-off email or a one-off message or mm -hmm. a review or a comment, right? And it's it's difficult to continue that conversation. So we've transitioned into a new, let's continue the conversation. So yeah. simply for today, we want you guys to be able to continue this conversation, get your questions answered. And we're also gonna do a cool food swap uh, conversation inside of the free fasting for life community group. So we have a community group where the first two rules of fasting do not apply. This group is specifically designed to talk about fasting and to get answers for your questions that, that relate specifically to you and your situation. So you're going to go to the show notes, click the link for the fasting for life community. The group's been growing quickly. It's it's incredible engagement every single day. We've got great moderators. Tommy, you and I are in there answering questions, mm -hmm. but you're going to go to the show notes, click the link, um, answer the three questions, please, at the beginning, get into the group, and then go to the discussion that we're going to continue to have this week on the food compass and and some of those, those healthier decisions and food swaps that we can make. So um, as we wrap up today's episode, Tommy, I'm excited to 
see how we can uh, continue to further bring value and clarity, but more importantly, results to everybody that's on this journey with us. Yeah, it's gonna be super cool because you know it, at those different stages in your journey, those questions change, and like keeping the conversation going is is really a big part of of yep. understanding what to do, when to do, and how to do it. And so it's 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 gonna be cool. I'm I'm really excited about this. All right, Tommy. As always, thank you for the conversation, sir. Everybody, you know what to do. Head to the show notes, click the link, get into the community group. If you are already there and you are a long term listener, then head to the discussion thread, you will see the pin post for the weekly conversation around this podcast episode. And we cool. thank you all for listening, Tommy, as always, great conversation, had a lot of fun and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you, bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.